Your brother, Harry Bailey, broke through the ice and was drowned at the age of nine. That's a lie. Harry Bailey went to war. He got the Congressional Medal of Honor. He saved the lives of every man on that transport. Every man on that transport died. Harry wasn't there to save them because you weren't there to save Harry. You see, George, you really had a wonderful life. Don't you see what a mistake it would be to throw it away? Hello and welcome to Happy Fun Time Movie Hour. My name is Eric. Sitting across from me is Arwen. We are the family-friendly podcast that talks about rated R movies and other kinds of movies. (laughs) If you want to, you can follow us on Facebook. We are Happy Fun Time Movie Hour. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at Funtime Movies One. That is Funtime Movies and the number one. We are on a lot of platforms, but Stitcher is one. Google Podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and one day Pandora. All right, it's Christmas time. Just yep. about. Your birthday's next week. Mm-hmm. That means Christmas is a week later. Mm-hmm. And then New Year's is a week after that. Yep. And we're all ready for all that, aren't we? Yes. I'm going to have a little time off from work. Mm-hmm. Maybe get some crap done. Not, not likely, though. <laughs> so I decided we're going to do maybe one or two Christmas movies this month. And uh, the first one is It's a Wonderful Life. 1946. It's not rated because that's not something they did back then. Two hours, ten minutes long. You can watch this on Amazon Prime, and it is colorized, so it is really weird looking at first. Yeah, I think I've only seen it in color one other time. Most of the time, it's it's black and white. And there is a free black and white version, I believe, on IMDb as well. Yeah, IMDb TV uh, for all you Fire Stick users. It's only available for Fire. Hmm. So, the director is Frank Capra. He uh, he directed a lot of films back then. This one he personally financed. Okay. Um, he wrote the script, he produced it, and he directed it. So this is his baby. Mm. Unfortunately, it did not make the money back that right. he wanted to. Starring James Stewart, Donna Reed, Lionel Barrymore, Thomas Mitchell, and Henry Travers. And a bunch of other people. Mm-hmm. Frank Capper said this is his uh, favorite movie okay. that he ever did. Well, he doesn't say that anymore. He's, he's gone. He is a late <laughs> Frank Capra. Uh-huh. And uh, the interesting history of this movie is that um, the person who wrote the short story mm-hmm. that this film is based on could not get his uh, short story published. Really? So what he did was he put the short story in... Christmas cards that he sent out to his family, and uh, one of them happened to let somebody in Hollywood see it at RKO. RKO bought the rights to it. They were planning on having Cary Grant play the lead. I guess I could see that. But, you know, things fell through, and they, they just couldn't get it off the ground, and Frank Capra also wanted it. So RKO sold the rights to Frank Capra and his Liberty Films. He had James Stewart in mind for the lead. So he rewrote it with James Stewart in mind instead of with Cary Grant in mind. 
And I feel like it could have been good either way. Mm-hmm. But Jim's, James Stewart is perfect for this role. Oh, yeah. I remember growing up and only seeing the ecstatic, uh, euphoric ending to the movie. Oh. <laughs> it was in tons of other movies. Uh-huh. Um, mainly because it was public domain at this point. Yeah. Didn't didn't we see something about how their uh, licensing like lapsed and yeah. nobody realized it. Yeah, nobody realized it. So a lot of cable companies just would take the movie and they would uh, play it during Christmas time. And that's how the movie became popular. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it would have been just a movie and nobody would have seen it Yeah, yeah. Uh, in my generation. Mm-hmm. I think NBC owns it now. Yeah, yeah. NBC, They the guy that we watched, he said that they, they'll play it twice yeah. during the Christmas season and that they... they uh, censor out one part of the movie yes they do yeah um and honestly it's best to watch it without commercials absolutely when it gets interrupted with the commercials so much it takes you out it it does it removes you completely from the film i think that's why there's certain tv shows that i just can't watch yeah because as soon as a commercial hits it takes me out i'm done i don't want to see any more of the show Mm -hmm, so let's see here the movie starts uh, oh, I, I, I put down here that the, the title cards, mm-hmm. they look like uh, holiday cards. They look like Christmas cards. Yes. So, you know, produced by, directed by, blah, 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 mm-hmm. um, starring. And then, you know, they, they'd have a person literally moving the card. So they were actual physical cards. It wasn't animated. It wasn't. Um, I always thought it was more like a book. No, they were just pulling it away. Oh, mm-hmm. But then people are just praying for George. We don't know who George is at this point. Right. But they're saying he's had a hard go and he really needs you thing up in the sky. So So as as much as people say this is a religious movie, in a way it's really not. No, it's not. It, it's it's a it's a romance. Yeah. And it's about being connected to your community and what happens if you Put yourself out for your community. What will ha- what right. you will get back from them? Exactly. So, <laughs> it cuts to outer space, and this, this so is funny. I think this is the cheesiest part of the whole movie. Is like these galaxies are flashing when they're talking. Mm-hmm. They're talking to each other. One's name is Joseph, and the other ones I can't remember his name. I can't remember the other one. And either. then uh, they're and then- like, "Who are we going to send down there?" And they're like, "Well, you know that bumbling fool Clarence. He needs to get his wings." So. Blah blah blah. I'm like, I'm like, you're gonna send your most bumbling fool on this mission, right? That was funny to me. It was. I I put down here, uh, send Clarence. He's dumb, but with a big heart. Yeah, IQ of a rabbit is what they said. Yeah. <laughs> um, Clarence doesn't have wings. You get you earn your wings, mm-hmm. and then but only by bell form. Yeah. Yeah, when a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. Yeah, we noticed that. Yeah. Every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. There are no lady angels. <laughs> this is confirmed now. It's the universal he. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How's it going, dude? All right. <laughs> <laughs> so they want to get Clarence, a, you know, like, to know... Who George Bailey is. Mm-hmm. Before he gets down there. Yeah. So they cut to when he's like 12, maybe. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, they, they're using these shovels to sled down this hill onto a pond. Mm-hmm. And uh, we get to meet, uh, what's his name? Hee-haw. Sam Wainwright. Sam Wainwright. Oh, yeah, Sam Wainwright. George Bailey. A couple others. Pretty sure probably the cop and the taxi driver yeah, Bert were probably and and, were one of these. Yeah. yeah. So they, no, Bert and Ernie, they're older. Are they? Yeah, they're older oh, okay. than George. But, you know, there's just his school buddies. And then he's like, and then there's my scaredy cat little t- little brother. And Harry's like, I ain't scared of nothing. And he slides down there like a boss and he just keeps going and he yeah. falls into the ice. And then George has to save him. Yes. And we find out from this incident that George loses, uh, gets uh, an infection mm-hmm. uh, and he loses hearing in his ear. His yeah. left ear or right ear? I think it's his left. Okay. Yeah, it's just left because of the scenes we see later. So, this movie does not stop. No. I mean, I took eight pages of notes. I know. It's it's a good movie. And there's so much content in his backstory. Yes. That uh, we don't even get to the actual story until like 50 minutes or 40 it's, minutes before the movie ends. It's a long time. Yeah. yeah. And, and what's really interesting, though, is that even though all of this is just building up to a later plot device yeah it's entertaining to watch oh absolutely and you you get to know george and you want george to succeed right you also feel bad for george yes and uh during this time they show george going to work and he works at a pharmacy a drugstore of some sort mm-hmm. Um, but he runs the candy bar. It looks like candy, sodas, mm-hmm. you know, soda things fountain. like that. And he runs deliveries. Yeah. And uh, we do get a glimpse of Mr. Potter for the first time. This evil old man mm-hmm. played by Lionel Barrymore, who is the great uncle of Drew Barrymore, who is an actress of today. Uh, he, They look very similar in ways. Yeah, I guess. It's hard to see it in this film. But if you see his his older his, stuff, his younger days, they, yeah. you can see the resemblance. Um, he had rheumatoid arthritis in his hips and knees, and he was unable to walk. And he hadn't been able to walk since 1938. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie was in uh, f- filmed in 1945 and 46, released. So he had not walked yeah. in almost 10 years at this point. Mm-hmm. Another thing about uh, Mr. Potter is that he has a a uh, henchman that stands next to him who has no lines. I was going to say, he never speaks. And and he's he's only addressed to as a person at one time. Yes. Uh, and that was by George. Yeah, we see Mr. Potter in a car. And he's like, oh, you little rug rats. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm going to own this town one day. <laughs> and, and George uh, calls him the meanest and richest man. Or I don't know if George said that, actually. But it was said during that scene. Yeah. You know. And then the cute, cutest little scene happens. Yes. <laughs> so George goes into the candy store. He, you know, goes by this uh, cigar lighter. It's this big old uh, box. And if you touch a, pull a lever, um, it brings out the light so you can light your cigar. But what George does is he walks up to it and he raises his hand and closes his eyes and he says, I wish I had a million dollars. And he'll he'll push it and the light comes on and he's like, hot dog, you know? (laughs) Just hilarious. And he does that in his adult days too. So it's just a thing he does. Uh Um, But sitting at the bar already 
just waiting for her uh her her candy is uh is Miss Mary. It's the cutest little girl. Yes. Um I don't know who played Miss Mary, but uh I don't know. But uh, he, it, it's almost like watching. Did you have you ever seen those little old, old, old movies where like the kids are supposedly the adults and they're all like running bars and dancing girls and no, no, no. <laughs> Shirley Temple did a couple of those. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> where where they were just where they were they played were adult. Played, they played the adult roles. Oh, that's weird. Oh, and it is creepy. <laughs> it sounds creepy. I uh, must see one of these one day. They're on YouTube. I can show you. Oh, they're wow. called the Baby Brothel series. <gasps> oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> no, Baby Burlesque. Sorry. Baby Burlesque. I'm, brothel would have meant something else. Yes, is going I was on. like, I don't think that's allowed on YouTube. At least no. it shouldn't be. But yeah, she's sitting there and he's like, she's like, oh, I don't like coconuts. And he's like, she don't like coconuts. Do you know where coconuts come from? They come from the Pacific and blah, he, blah, blah. He calls her like a moron or an idiot yeah. or something. It's like, you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then in walks a young lady named Violet. And Violet uh, becomes a, the town bicycle. Everyone gets a ride. Oh, yeah. You can't say that she's not. Yeah. Uh, but she comes in and she asks George to help her up on a stool and he goes, help you up? What? No, help her down. Oh, yeah. yeah. Help her down. <laughs> uh, but she just wants some licorice ropes. And then you get glimpses of Mr. Gower. Is that his name? Yeah, Mr. Gower. And uh, he's drunk and he's yelling at George mm. from behind this other uh, area of uh, this, uh, this uh, glass Account. place. Like a curtain, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, but he's just like, you can tell he's drunk. You see him drinking from a, a pint bottle. Mm-hmm. He does not look well. Yeah. So George tends to marry. Yes. And uh, while he's dipping over to get her soda, mm-hmm. she leans over and is like, is this the hear- ear you can't hear out of? And then says that she's going to love him until the day she dies. Yes. And I was like, that is the cutest thing ever. She goes, oh, George Bailey, I'm going to love you till the day I die. <laughs> and I'm so like, oh. Cute. This movie has a lot of. Laugh out loud moments uh-huh. and a lot of serious moments where you get a little choked up. Yeah, there's like four sob moments. Yeah, at least. Yeah, at I, least. I like numbered them. I was like, Did emotional you? number them. <laughs> number four. <laughs> yeah, George finds out, like, there's like a telegram at the cash register and then George finds out that uh, Mr. Gower's son has died of influenza. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a war thing. It wasn't a war thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's he's just sitting there now. He's sad. And so... He calls George in as he's filling these pills because druggists had to actually do yes do do the pills there yeah you know and because there's a sick kid they'd have powders and, yeah yeah you know. and uh, George realizes that he's put the wrong thing in this and it could kill this kid yeah so he goes to his dad to ask for advice mm-hmm. but his dad is talking to mr potter who is in charge of the bank and loan. right and we yeah. the the bank uh the building and loan well his dad is in charge of the building and loan yes that mr potter is the person he right. borrows money from mm-hmm. uh to keep his business running right i don't understand it banks made no sense in the early 20th century to me so that's all i gotta say about that <laughs> In fact, there's some mumbo jumbo that happens uh, in the middle and later in the movie, and I'm like, I don't understand what's going on. Well, how does how does this business work? How does it even make money? Yeah, it can't make money. Yeah, we'll get there. 
Yeah, so he goes to ask his dad for advice. His dad's too busy. Mm -hmm. Um, Mr. Potter says something rude to his father. George kind of leans in on this one and, like, yells at Mr. Potter. And he scurried out. So George goes back. He's been gone an hour. Yeah, he's been gone a while. And he goes back, and uh, Mr. Gower gets a phone call. The kid needs his medicine. And George hasn't gotten it to him, which leads to an altercation. Here's a fun fact of the movie. Okay. Kid George mm-hmm. um, gets slapped around by Mr. Gower. Mr. Gower was really drunk in this scene. Oh, the actor? Yes. Oh. And he really slapped the kid, and that blood was real blood coming no, out of that kid's really? ear. Yeah. Oh, no. So it popped his eardrum. Oh. And the kid was really crying, but he kept in character and kept going. That's unbelievable. Absolutely. That poor boy. Yeah. <laughs> So he, he tells, you know, he says, no, you put the wrong stuff in it. It's poison. You're going to kill the kid. And he saves Mr. Gower's life. And that child's life. And that child's life. He saved his career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's one. Yeah. There's one for you. Yeah. Like, you see kind of like seeds being sown mm-hmm. where George Bailey is integral to this community. Mm-hmm. He is needed. Yeah. So then we fast forward to George. Right after high school. Right after high school. Yeah, I'd say. Or at least a couple months after high school or a year. Because Harry is graduating that day. Yeah, it's it's the end. So George has been out for a while, Yeah, I'd say. Um, Unable to go to the college yet. Unable to go to college. And... uh, Oh, but this is where he's... He's gathering his stuff, and he's going to go travel. He's buying that big suitcase. Yes, um, and finds out that Mr. Gower actually bought him yes, an engraved... big travel yes. bag. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, this is great. So he wants to go thank Mr. Gower, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Things happen. He runs into Violet. She is now smoking hot. Mm-hmm. He's still not interested, though. He's not interested, but he loves her in a in a different way. Yeah, yeah. But it's funny how all the men watch her walk away. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I know. She's very pretty. Yeah. Uh, she she was played. She played in a movie called Oklahoma where she was kind of a similar character. She was a she would wear French clothing and be oh. all sophisticated. Mm-hmm. But she was, again, the town bicycle that everybody had to ride on. Um, horrible expression, but OK. Yeah. <laughs> so we find out that his parents own or do two businesses Mm -hmm. his mother runs a boarding house um so they live with strangers their whole life yeah and uh the father owns the building and loan you know having that kind of uh upbringing really instills compassion towards other people yeah and your children or you go the opposite way but you know you want to help people and this is what you end up seeing in george right and we get introduced to a new character, other than their mother, mm-hmm. um, who's just this happy woman. She's, Annie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, no. The, the mother is a happy woman. Oh. Annie's a happy woman, too. Oh. <laughs> but, yeah, she's just like, let me go and get the boys. So she runs upstairs, and then they carry her down on their shoulders, <laughs> and she's all happy and stuff. I mean, it's a nice scene. Um, but we run into Annie, who is the, the maid. Mm-hmm. Uh, played by a woman that I recognized her voice immediately. So here's a little backstory for me. 
is that I am a big fan of radio dramas from the 1940s, mm-hmm. World War II era. And one that I specifically listen to uh, is called The Great Gildersleeve. It's about a guy named Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve, <laughs> who is uh, living in this town where he is charged by a judge to look after his niece and nephew. And they have a maid named Bertie. And as soon as I heard Annie's voice in this, I was like, That's, that sounds like Bertie. And I've seen this movie a thousand times mm-hmm. and never even thought about it. Because, you know, w- when we're watching a movie for the podcast, we're actively watching it. We're trying to find some stuff out of it that we can pick out. Like, I have never once casually watched a movie and gone, what's on their table? What are they eating? You know? <laughs> like in this, I'm like, that looks like just ham on a bed of lettuce. Yeah. And that's exactly what it was, I think. It was just slabs of ham on a bed of lettuce. Who eats that? People in the 40s, I guess. But, yeah, she's Birdie, and she was always getting on Mr. Gildersleeve, you know, like, no, Mr. Gildersleeve, we ain't going to do this, Mr. Gildersleeve, you know, stuff like that. And uh, and she'd repeat stuff, and he goes, okay, Birdie, and she'd repeat it again, okay, Birdie, and she repeated it a third time, you know, the rule of three, mm-hmm. and and she, he'd go, okay, Birdie, you know. <laughs> They're so, fun to listen to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you can find them, I, I mean, iTunes probably has them. Um, you can listen to them for free. I know that on the uh, old time radio projects. So I think she was the only person of color in this movie. No, there was another black woman I saw later, was but there? she was a extra of some sort. Okay. Yeah, in in the uh, building alone during the depression thing. Oh, okay. I, I wrote down giant pies. Those pies were huge. They were pizza plate size pie plates yeah. or pie uh, pans, and I'm like. That's that's going to be the biggest pies ever. Uh-huh. And he's just carrying him like, hey, I'm just going to take these pies to the party, mom. So Harry's got a graduation party. Mm-hmm. Everybody's invited. But kind of seemed like a dance too. dad and mom don't want to go. Mm-hmm. George kind of don't doesn't want to go because, you know, he's trying to get ready to, to go abroad. Yes. Um, he wants to go and become an architect. Uh, fun fact, that is his degree in real life. James. Uh, really? Yeah, he's uh, he got an architect's degree. Isn't, isn't that interesting? Yeah. So they talk him into going. So he goes. Mm-hmm. And he's having an okay time. Violet he, sees him. <laughs> yeah, he runs into Violet and she wants to dance. He's like, I don't want to dance. And uh, so other people are like crowding around Violet because, you know, everyone gets a turn that day. Stop it. Just saying. <laughs> Dancing, not anything else. <laughs> What kind of woman do you think she is? Hee-haw. <laughs> Sam Rainwright is, Wainwright is there. It's hard to say his stupid name. Yeah. Sam Wainwright mm-hmm. is there. And uh, somebody else is there. And he goes, hey, you know, my kid sister's here. Y- you remember Mary, don't you? And he goes, oh, Mary. Yeah, I remember Mary. <laughs> and he points to her. And he's like, go dance with her. Yeah. That's and she's, her night. she's standing there with a guy just like talking her ear off. Uh-huh. And she does not look interested. What's What's really cute is when they lock eyes. Yes. And it's like instant attraction. I know. It's like sparks. Uh-huh. <laughs> so the guy talking her ear off. He looks so familiar. He does. And then you, you told me who it was. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. He, uh, he was a kid actor, I believe. He died a horrible way, but uh, he was trying to become an adult actor at this time, like a Mickey Rooney type, mm-hmm. um, which I think he was a better actor than Mickey Rooney ever could have been. 
but Mickey Rooney was cuter, I guess. He had better looks. He was cute. But this was the kid that played Alfalfa in the Art Gang series uh, in the 30s and and early 40s. And uh, he he wasn't one of he wasn't the only kid from the R Gang series to try and break out of that mold. Mm-hmm. Another guy did it very successfully, and then murdered. And his then wife. he murdered his wife in a allegedly <laughs> in a bar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's uh, Robert Blake. Yeah. He played uh, Moim in uh, in the R Gang series, and you can see all the R Gang stuff on Pluto TV. Oh really? Yeah, they got a channel. They're super cute. Yeah. I, I love them. They're fun to watch. Um, the silent ones are even more fun, but they're terribly racist. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're um, problematic. Uh, black people are not seen as... Uh, people? Normal people. <laughs> Which is unfortunate. Yeah. So George kind of tears her away from this guy, mm-hmm. the Alpha Alpha. Who is and, not happy about and, this. And he's not happy about it. And then there's a Charleston contest. So one of the things that they've mentioned a couple of times is this new floor that's been put in. Yes. And the new floor was put in over the swimming pool. Right. And it's a real gym where the floor really opens. It's a technical marvel. At this time, yes. To Even to this day. Yeah, you I don't think see this normally. It's the only one in existence, and it's still operational to this day. Do you know where it's at? It's in uh, Beverly Hills. Oh, okay. There's a high school in Beverly Hills, and this is their floor. That's interesting. Now, finding this, Frank Capra had to have known about it or had to have searched something like this out. Well, if he lived in California, he probably saw it in the newspaper. It was probably a big yeah. deal when it was made. Um, and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they're having this Charleston contest. A Charleston is a dance. It's a dance from the 1920s. By the way, there's a lot of drinking going on in this movie. Yeah, there is. During Prohibition. Yes. Just, just letting you know. Mm-hmm. A lot of this was during Prohibition times. And they're openly drinking. Violet gets out because she's not doing the Charleston anymore. So what's funny, though, is that she hugs the judge and then just starts dancing again. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, um, this is funny. Yeah. And, and, and you know, they, they're just having a good time. And uh, somebody goes, you know, this floor opens up right about where George is standing on the crack. <laughs> and, uh, the alfalfa guy, I, I can't remember his name, who he Mm-mm. played. Um, he's like, oh, yeah? He goes, yeah. And that button to operate that uh, the floor is right there, right next to you. And I happen to have the key. And I happen <laughs> to have the key. I'm like, There's some kind of weird-ass sabotage going on <laughs> yeah. here. Which makes me think that he was going to open this floor He was just anyway. going to do some mischief. Yes. That's, that's why he was there. <laughs> mischief. So they open up the floor, and uh, and George and uh, Mary have their back to it, mm-hmm. and and they don't realize you gotta feel the floor moving, I right? Would think so, but they're moving forward, then they're moving backwards, and everybody's going whoa! And he's like, Mary, they love us. <laughs> they're, they're we're doing a great job, Mary. You know, <laughs> and uh, eventually they fall in. Then other people fall in. Then people what? just start jumping. And they're just dancing in the water. Yeah, and then there's this old man. Uh, He's, he's like, be he's the like, principal. please, please, yeah. oh, and then he goes, oh well, and he jumps in, and so it was a funny scene. It's, it was it's nice. Cute. And then we cut to the next scene where Mary is being walked home by George. Mary's in a robe, holding her wet dress. The robe uh, says uh, B F H S, 
Bakersfield High School. Bedford, Bedford Falls, Falls High, High, High School. Probably Bakersfield, really. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, but Bedford Falls High School. And he's wearing a uh, football uniform that isn't really fit for him. No. So he's holding his up. And, and so the, the football uniform reminds me of, there's this old cartoon of uh, Goofy Sports. Yeah. It's the same kind oh, of yeah, football those, uniform because that that's the style. You the know? leather head. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that just makes me want to watch Goofy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, they're, they're singing Buffalo Gals and they're, you know, off-tune singing harmonies and they're loving their life. And they stop in front of this house, and this old man's just trying to sit there and read the newspaper by the light of his porch light. And uh, they keep talking. and uh, They throw stones at the house. They stro- Yeah, they throw stones at this old house. And if you uh, break a window, your wish comes true. And George tells his wish. He's like, I'm going to travel. I'm going to build this. I'm going to go there and I'm going to build this and it's going to be great. I'm going to be, I'm going to be building modern cities and things like that. And while he's going on and expounding on all this travel that he wants to do, Mary picks up a rock and just shucks it right at a window. Yeah. And a fun (laughs) fact about this is that they had a marksman that was going to shoot out one of the windows in case she didn't hit. Uh, But she, uh, she played baseball. In that her helps. younger years. Mm-hmm. And uh, she she threw and hit on the first try. A lot of first takes in this movie, by the way. That's amazing. Yeah. And uh, she doesn't tell George his wish. But he says, you want me to lasso the moon for you? I'll, I'll lasso that moon. I'll bring it straight down for you. And then the old man on the porch says, why don't you stop beating around the bush and kiss her already? Uh-huh. He goes, oh, kiss her. <laughs> you know. And he's like, uh, he didn't even think of that. And then he goes, Mary, what do you think? But she had lost her robe at that point. Yeah, she went to run away, and yeah. he had been standing on the robe. Yeah, because the robe was, like, touching the ground. Uh-huh. They they were in danger of stepping on it. So she's hiding in a uh, flower bush. bush. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he's like, oh, this is an interesting situation right here. Uh, she goes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell your mother. Well, my mother's way over there. Uh, <laughs> I don't think you're going to go that way. Uh, I could sell tickets, you know, things like that. I mean, <laughs> he was it's just pretty, teasing her. It's yeah. pretty scandalous the way that he Absolutely, was acting. Absolutely, yeah. Oh, yeah. The old man, he also says, youth is wasted on the wrong people. Uh-huh. So he's like, I wish I could be young again, kind of right. deal. Uh, but uh, Billy finds him. He, you know, they drive Billy by. And, Mary do. and they're like, your father's had a stroke. Next scene, they're in a boardroom. It's a couple months later. Uh, yeah. A couple months have gone by. He's wearing a black armband on both his blazer and his other overcoat. Oh. Later on, mm-hmm. you see the black armband. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're trying to decide what's going to happen to the building and loan. Potter wants to just buy it out. And he wants just to close it outright. It. Yeah. He yeah. just doesn't want it there. Um, it's a competition. Mm-hmm. He's like, you guys give loans to people who can't pay them back honestly and stuff like that. I don't think they ever had a problem with people paying back their loans. No. Um, they had a problem with Potter loaning out the money so that they, they could make these loans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so George is getting ready to go. He's going to yeah. go to college. He's already missed his trip to Europe. This is the day he's going to go. And the only way that and, – and, you know, he gives a speech here against Mr. Potter yeah. and leaves the room. The board – 
agrees with everything that Georgia said. Yeah. And said that the only way that they will keep the building alone open is if George is running it. Right. Which means he can't go to college. Right. And so he chooses the town again over his own wants. Exactly. Um, he's pretty selfless, but it, it really makes him depressed because he does want to go. I would think it would, you um, know, but to he never stays. get what you truly want out of life. I put down that he can't allow Potter to ruin the town um, because Potter owns some slums and he overcharges rent. Mm-hmm. Which and, we see happen today. Yeah. And those people will never be able to get out of their slump because they're paying too much in rent. Yeah, yeah they can't. They can't build themselves up. There was a place in uh, the town I grew up in. Mm-hmm. Um, this one dude and this other lady, actually, um, they ran that town. Yeah. They, if, if you weren't living in this person's house, you were living in that person's house. Oh, wow. Yeah, and they had everything. That's crazy. And it was depressing because you just couldn't get out of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so George is just disappointed he can't leave. Oh, there's a scene where he's in the taxi... With the with Ernie, yeah, Ernie. Okay, I I would get it's the Bert the cop and Ernie. Okay, and so he's talking to Ernie about the house that Ernie's gonna buy. It's five thousand dollars. Yeah, it's like I want a house for five thousand dollars. Yeah, me too. But I know what that would look like today. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but you got. I think it's like seventeen percent or seventeen times higher. Like the ratio, the ratio. To, to go for inflation. Yeah. So $5,000 would be $35,000 house, something like that. Mm -hmm. So instead of going to college, he chooses to send Harry to college. Yes. And the agreement is, is that when Harry is done with college, he will come home and then George can leave. Yeah. And so we fast forward four years. Everybody that George knows has gone to college. Yeah. Including um, Mary. Including Mary. And he stays. And uh, they're picking up Harry from the train station. Harry introduces them to his new wife. Yeah. Ta-da! I'm married. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she blurts out that he got a job up in Rochester or someplace. Yeah. So they have a party for him. And then there's this funny scene with, uh, I call him Drunkle Billy here. He's very drunk. <laughs> he's he's totally schnockered. And uh, he's like, just point me in the right direction and I'll get home. So he turns his body. George turns Billy's body and says, just walk that way. <laughs> so he walks off camera. Mm-hmm. A couple seconds later, you hear a loud crash and you hear Billy go, I'm all right. I'm all right. And he starts singing the song again. <laughs> that was totally ad libbed because a set a set person had dropped a bunch of stuff. While they were filming this, Frank Capra paid that man $10 extra that day. Because he had that mistake. For improving the sound quality <laughs> of this of the scene. It's so fun what you find out happens in these movies. It's unplanned. Yeah. It gets put in. Right. So George is disappoint- still disappointed that he can't leave again. He gets his hopes built up and then they're just crashed. Mm-hmm. And his mother tells George that uh, Mary's back from college. He goes, oh, Mary. (laughs) He is in no mood to have gone to see Mary. Right. (laughs) So his mother points him in the right direction. He goes the other way. And he goes the opposite way. (laughs) But eventually he winds up in front of Mary's house and he's just got, he's got this stick and he's just, 
hitting her mailbox, you know, tapping it, tapping the pickets. She goes, what are you doing out there, picketing? And he goes, oh, I was just, I was just thinking. <laughs> and she's like, well, do you want to come inside? And he goes, ah, oh, that's all right over there. You know, I don't want to. It's kind of funny, but in a way, you've heard of negging, right? Yes. He's totally negging her. It, it might not be intentional, but it's exactly what he's doing. Yeah. He's making himself undesirable to her, but she makes him more desirable mm-hmm. somehow. But she had been dating Sam Wayne, right? I don't know if she had necessarily been dating Sam. She had gone up to New York with him on, on breaks for all oh, those four she years. she did say that. That's yes. right. Yes, which is weird to me because of that great interaction that they had that one night. Right. Um, why wouldn't she have kept in contact with George over this last four Who years? Who knows? Uh, the whole stroke thing happened. I bet you George was just overwhelmed with business and work and having to pick up the family and, you know. Maybe, but still, they, they had phones. Yeah, they did. We saw them. They had phones. She could have communicated with Right. Them. And there were the old phones where and you get the earpiece and you have to talk into the yes. thing. And, and you, you know the operator's listening. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so she has like a little uh, poster or a picture that she painted mm-hmm. probably of George roping the moon mm-hmm. or putting a lasso of the moon. And, uh, and, and she has a copy of Buffalo Gals. And she's playing that, and she opens the door, and he comes in, and he listens to that, he's like, what's this mess? And yeah. you know, she's like, do you want to sit down? Oh, I don't want to sit down, Mary. I don't want to do He acts like a total butthole to he her. He really does. And she starts to get a little misty-eyed. Yeah. And I was like, this is not nice. She has a huge crush on him. So much. And Mary's mother calls down and is like, who's down there? And she's like, it's George Bailey. And she's like, what does he want? Yeah. She, she totally does, doesn't like George does Bailey. Does not like George. But I think also it's because Sam is it rich. comes from a rich family. And he's rich now. Yeah. I mean, he's just, he's got he's the money. He's just wealthy. Yeah. The the funny thing is, though, is that he leaves and Sam Wainwright had called. So she's on the phone talking to Sam. Mentions but, George. Yeah, mentions George, but George had already left. But he comes back in because he forgot his hat. Uh huh. Which I think he didn't forget his hat. He left his hat there so he can go back in and see Mary. Maybe. No, he did. He did. <laughs> Donna Reed is completely beautiful. Oh yeah. Um, she was a fifties uh, TV person. She was a mom. She yeah, was a TV she, mom. She was. She played in the Donna Reed show, and it was it was okay. It was an okay show. And then uh, later on in life, near probably the end of her life, uh, she played Miss Ellie on one season of Dallas. Oh, I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, that was weird. That was weird. It was like, there's Mama. And they open up the crowd like parts. And it's like, it's Donna Reed. And I'm like, that ain't Miss Ellie. Who the hell is that? <laughs> it's Donna Reed. <laughs> so. Was that the dream season? <laughs> No, I don't think it was. The woman that played Miss Ellie, I think she had had a heart attack or a stroke or something like that. So she couldn't go on. Uh And uh, she got healthy and they hired her back. It's so so weird. Let's not make any sense of why a different person played that person for one season. Just (laughs) just do it. So Sam calls from New York City and they have to use the same phone, right? So the earpiece is this like wire you know, that you can hold. It's like bell shaped Mm -hmm. and you hold it to your ear and you talk into the machine itself that has a microphone there. Right. So they're both, they both are real close. 
and he, you see George, he's like sniffing her uh-huh. hair. You, and you she's see like the attraction sniffing happening. Sniffing his lapels, you know. She's still up, visibly upset. Yeah. He's still visibly angry, annoyed. Annoyed. Everything. He's just mad because he can't leave. Yes. And then, uh, you know, Sam has an opportunity. Plastics. It's going to be the wave of the future. To this day, microplastics are raining down on us, and we just don't care, apparently. <laughs> um, all because of Sam Wainwright. But during this conversation, uh, George helps the town again. Because yes. he mentions that instead of building that factory in, in this Rochester. other town, he should build it here where this old building had gone out. Mm-hmm. So again, he helps the town and creates he jobs. saves the city Without even Without knowing. even trying. Yeah. Yeah. He just has a good heart. And then the most passionate scene that doesn't involve two naked people happen. <laughs> um, they just start kissing and hugging and crying. And much to the mother's dismay. Much to the mother's dismay. But also a fun fact of this scene is that Jimmy Stewart had a uh, PTSD. Oh. He was a war pilot. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he didn't think he could be doing love scenes or really happy scenes. And Lionel Barrymore says, what's more satisfying bombing a person and killing them or, uh, acting in a, in a lovely scene and shining light out into the universe. Mm -hmm. It probably didn't help completely for his PTSD. He Mm -hmm. probably had a lot of therapy or some other crap going on, but it got him through this scene again, taken in one take. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's impressive. It really is. And, you know, I'm, I'm watching the scene and I was like, yeah, it's about time you kissed her. But at the same time, I was like, you SOB. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the next scene is they're getting married. Yes. And uh, they don't even have a, have a car to jump into. And it's pouring down rain. Just sopping wet rain. Mm-hmm. They have a taxi to jump yeah. into. <laughs> and they have like, what, $2,000 on them. Yes. From wedding money. Mm-hmm. And so Ernie's taking him to probably the train station. Yeah, they were going to get on a train. and uh, Which you hear later. Yeah, it leaves. Mm-hmm. And uh, people are starting to like rush to the banks. Mm-hmm. Well, the Great Depression was happening. And uh, people wanted their money out of the banks because banks couldn't be trusted. Right. Um, if the bank loses your money, because they would invest in the stock market. To make themselves money, I right. think. I think that's what was happening. I believe they still do that to this day. The savings and loans do. Okay. I don't I don't know about banks. The- Fun fact, I know nothing about banks. I just know I keep my money there and hopefully it's insured well, for the amount that I have. Yes. There's no FDIC back then. Yes, that was the thing. That was created after the Great Depression. And so Mary is begging him, just let it go. Right. Just let it go. And but he can't. he can't because that's who he is. Right. And so he gets out and he sees that the uh, the building's been closed. And so he opens it up. He invites everyone yeah. in. Well, Billy's calmly. in there. Billy's, Billy's in there. Getting He's drunk. He locked the door. He's oh, yeah. like, I ain't letting anybody in this building. He did. He. Billy is so forgetful. Yeah. That he wears strings on his fingers that he forgets anyway. Yeah. So there's no way that Billy would have been able to. Stay calm in the situation. No, no, not at all. Or rectify anything. Absolutely In the way that George could have. Right. So Potter calls over. He says, "Uh, George, I hear your uh, building's closed. And he's like, no, 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 that's not true. Not true at all. 
Potter's just a and he's like a troublemaker. Yeah, he's like, well, I'm buying uh, I'm buying your loans fifty cents on the dollar right now. And he goes, oh, are you now? Well, challenge accepted. Yeah, he says that if if he closes his doors before six p.m. that night, he'll never open them again. Yep. So yeah, I mean, it's a difficult situation. It is. Because there's no money in the savings or building and loan. No, because the bank had called all of the money. Yeah. And so any money that they had had in their safe was gone. Right. And there's people that want, you know, this one dude, he wants what, $242? and like 50 cents yeah. or something, you know. And he's like, I got this much in here. And he goes, well, your, your money is not here. Your money is in her building. Uh-huh. Your money is in that guy's, you know, yeah. housing project. Yeah, your money is part of the loans that go to your neighbors. Right. It's much how like regular insurance works. I'm paying insurance on my car. Um, and if I never have a claim... That money never comes back to me. No, but it does it pay goes, for it pays for you know Susan who rear-ended somebody, right? You know, so yeah, and he's like, I don't have money here. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Mary pulls out the wedding dowry. Basically, mm-hmm. uh, it's two thousand dollars, and she goes, "We got money." Yeah, he goes, "Okay, we have two thousand dollars. Tell me what you need, and I can give it to you." Tell yeah, me what just you need. enough to get the bank's going to open in a week. Right. They already know the bank's going to open in a week. And it's like, what can you get by with? And this guy is yeah, insistent. He wants his two hundred and forty-two dollars. Mm-hmm. So he gives him two hundred and forty-two dollars. And then the next he person goes, he goes, comes. Thanks, up. George. I'll pay you back. He goes, it's a loan. It's a yeah. loan. Yeah. Yeah. So he's loaning out all this money. He's not signing papers. He doesn't count to see who wants anything. Um, this one woman comes up. Here's another story about the movie. Is that they practiced uh, uh, eighteen dollars. Oh. Yeah. So in the rehearsals, it was $18. And he goes, okay, $18. Uh-huh. So Capra pulls her to the side and he goes, just, just say $17.50. I want to see his reaction. So comes to her, how much do you need? She goes, $17.50. And he goes, Seven, $17. And he kisses her on the on the cheek. And he uh-huh. goes, $17.50. You got it, girl. And it's it's really emotional too. Yeah. You're like, oh my god, so much compassion for these people, right? And and so they stay open the whole day. Yeah, they give back money, and they have two dollars left. And then they act like they're rabbits. Yes, Let's put them in the vault and see if they multiply. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cute. Yeah, they do this whole like march mm-hmm. to the vault. So, and it's another sad instance where you know. George doesn't get what he wants. Yeah. And so he's looking for his wife. And this woman goes, Mrs. Bailey's on the phone. He goes, Mrs. Bailey, I, I want my wife. Oh, Mrs. That's my wife. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know? <laughs> he's and, like, oh, uh, yeah, I'm married. <laughs> he answers the phone and he goes, yeah, Mary, uh, we're done here. Uh, we got $2 left, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, well, come home. He goes, home? I, we, we, well, what's our home? <laughs> and uh, he, she gives him an address. Like 320 Sycamore. Something like that. Yeah. So he calls up Ernie because Ernie will just drive him for free, I think. I think he <laughs> does, honestly. And uh, I think a lot of people give him free stuff. Yeah. It's still pouring down rain. Mm-hmm. And we see Bert, the cop, uh, putting up posters of like places to visit. Mm-hmm. Singapore, Australia. Yeah. Um, travel travel posters. Yeah. All over these windows that have been knocked out because this is the old building that they threw the rocks at. Because mm-hmm. she had mentioned she before wanted to live there, that yeah. she wanted this home. Yeah, 
and it's pouring down rain. I can't there's, there's I can't tell you how in. much water yeah, you so see much. in this movie. And and Bert it has this helper guy who's complaining and he's like, just stop complaining and just get up that ladder, you know, and things like that. I think it's the travel agent because it was his posters. Oh, was it? Yes. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> I just thought it was a guy he just decided to harass. <laughs> It's, it's it's a really beautiful scene. And the cop is there helping as well. Yes, Bert's there. He's helping. Ernie drops him off. Um, he's wearing a top hat and uh, and a bolo tie. Yeah. And he's dressed like a butler of some sort. And they let, they, he goes into the building. Uh, George does. Uh, he sees that Mary has a record player playing that is also acting as a rotisserie. Um, rotisserie chicken on the uh, at the fireplace. At the fire. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what is this? He's kind of looking around. He's really confused. He sees the bed, yeah. a bed, and her, her nightgown is laid out. And he kind of does a double take, you I know? know? Scandalous, <laughs> isn't it? It is, actually, for this era. <laughs> um, but it's it's so romantic. Mm-hmm. It's like during all that chaos of his day, who knows when she actually bought this house. Right. But during that whole cast, she went and she made it so that when he was done with the day, he had a lovely place to come to. Right. Even though there's rain pouring in. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, and there is rain pouring oh, into everywhere. that building. Everywhere. It is wet. Yes. And uh, the cop and the taxi driver, Bert and Ernie, are out there. Not the same Bert and Ernie inspired by Sesame Street, by no. the way. Um, and then they serenade them because you can see them kissing, you know... Through the silhouette. Yeah. And it's just, it's it's such a perfect scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Bert and Ernie are, like, serenading, and uh, and I, I wrote down, I put down, you have to be a really good friend to stand in the rain and serenade a newlywed couple. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just have to. Yeah. It cuts to maybe maybe a year later or a couple years later then. And, and we're still in the flashback parts yes. of his life. Yes. Um, we see the Martini family. Yes. Soon. Um, the Martini family of at least 12 dozen people. Oh, my gosh. They and have a, goat. a ton of children. Yeah. Yeah. And there's just so many people that are here. And I'm like, who are these? And they're moving out of a Potter slum to move into Baileyville or Baileytown? Uh, or? Uh, uh, Bailey Park. Bailey Park. And this is a nice community that uh, the building and loan have bought land and they are building affordable housing for people to move out of the slums, yes. move into these new beautiful buildings that are built. And uh, the building alone, they're taking a hit on this neighborhood, but they they're are. making a gamble is yes. what they're doing. Well, they're investing in their community. Yeah. And I would have lived in this house. Oh, yeah. They're beautiful a homes. Brick house. Real pretty. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like one of those uh, ticky tack type neighborhoods yeah. that you you'd see pop up in the fifties. And and it's and it's there to this day. That place was real, right? Yeah, yeah. That's real homes. Um, and that house, the Martini house specifically, is still there. Oh, that's cool. And it looks just as good as it did from the outside. Anyways. Oh wow. Uh, a lot of the set, like they had like a a three block long uh, town. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. That they were in. But like some of the stuff, they, they found other places. Martini House was one of them. This at? is where we find out also Sam stops by. He's just in town. Yeah. Just happens to be in Bailey Park and that. But we find out that Sam did build the factory. He did. 
and he's making buku bucks. Mm-hmm. He's like, George was stupid enough not to, you know, invest. Mm-hmm. Hee-haw, George. He's like, hee-haw, Sam. <laughs> this hee-haw thing. I, it's annoying. I've seen it in other movies <laughs> uh-huh. from that era where they, somebody would have just like a thing that they do. Yeah. Um, and usually it's sounding like a donkey or an elephant. Yeah. I don't understand it, but it was a thing that I think was done to sound cool. I don't know. I'd ask somebody, but uh, that person would tell me, oh, we never did that. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Potter is not happy about this when he finds out. Oh, heck no. (laughs) (laughs) No, Potter is uh, a little annoyed that he's starting to lose money Uh um, from living off the backs of these people. He calls uh, Mr. Martini a garlic eater. He does. And I was like... That is so wrong. I think that's racist. I think that's a racist slur. It's absolutely racist. Then we get uh, Potter um, wanting a meeting with George. And he airs out his grievances. But ultimately he says, I'm offering you a job. It's really weird how he compliments George. Yeah. And his tenacity Mm -hmm. and the way that he has lived his life. But at the same time, backhanding him. Absolutely. And uh, he's like, he offers him $20,000 a year to start. That's a lot of money. It was $272,000 if you add in the inflation of Mm -hmm. today. So if that job was offered today, it would be like somebody going, Arwen, I will give you $272,000 to run this company. I'd probably do it. Yeah, I would too. (laughs) George. George wants to take some time and think about it. And And he makes he makes forty five dollars a week at this point. Yes. The thing that got me is that he they they shook hands and he looked at his hands and started, you know, wiping at him like he was dirty. Yeah. And he was like, no, no, emphatically no. Right. And he calls him a couple names and he storms out. Could you imagine, though, how the town would have changed if George had taken that job? Yeah, it would. I don't know. I don't know what would happen. I don't think that... I think he would eventually quit. Oh, absolutely. There's no way he could have worked for Potter. It's impossible to work with somebody like that. Look at the people who work for Trump. They quit quit and they get fired and they quit and they quit and they quit because Uh, uh, he is difficult to work with and he's a moron. And not not just him, but, you know, a lot of the the, uh, top 100 companies, they have high turnover. Like, yeah, you're getting paid a lot, but you may not be working there for very long. Right, right. He gets home and uh, Mary's asleep in bed already. And then uh, or is she? <laughs> she starts singing Buffalo Gals because mm-hmm. that's their song. Yes. Just like, you know, Santa Monica's our song. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> what? It's true. It's true. It's it just is. funny. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, every time I hear the song, man, I got to turn it on. I got to listen to the whole thing. <laughs> it's, it's Santa Monica by Everclear. But uh, she says that, you know, our baby is blah, blah, blah. And he goes, yeah, well, you know. And he goes, wait a second, our baby? <laughs> she goes, yeah. He goes, is it a boy or a girl? And she goes, uh-huh. <laughs> it's a dumb question. <laughs> Especially in that time. Yeah, I don't know he if had they no had idea. ultrasound yet. They did not. Uh, but also, World War II happens at this point. So we point. start to speed up a little yeah. here. We get the war announcement. Mm-hmm. And two more babies. Two more babies. You know. Uh, but at the war, um, Ernie Ernie uh, is a is a paratrooper. 
Yeah, they give they Any a lot of the townspeople a, got to leave and and mm-hmm. had and to travel. Leave. Yes, yes, you know, yes, that's the thing. They were traveling. Mm-hmm. He they got to see things that George will never see. Exactly. Bert the cop gets injured in uh, North Africa, and uh, he gets a purple heart. Comes back home. There's a factory that uh, uh, Sam Wainwright makes a lot more money because yes. of his plastics in the mm-hmm. cockpits. Mm-hmm. A lot of stock footage. A lot of yeah, it's really fascinating. Actually, stuff. It's, it's run like a newsreel. Yes, in in many ways. And I really enjoy this part because it does show you know. And then like George can't go because of his ear. He yeah, Potter. Potter's running the draft board, but I'm like, how does he have that power? When you have money, you have power. It's just. I thought the government would have run that. First you get the money, then you get the power, then you get the women. <laughs> That's that is it. That's funny. He he has to do the air air raids. Yeah. And he looks miserable. Yeah, he's miserable. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they were doing air raids in California. They did air raids in California because, because Oh yeah, Japan. Yeah, I was going to say. Oh, never mind. That I'm makes just being total dumb. sense. But Harry is given the Medal of Honor. He saves a whole entire uh, a ship full yeah. of people. Uh, he he bombs so many Japanese and blah, Harry, blah, blah. Harry gets to live the life that George never right. did. Which I think happens in a lot of families. Right. Now we get to today. Because today is the day Harry's coming home. Yes. He just got the Medal of Honor. Yes. Here's where the plot finally starts. George George's... <laughs> uh, George is bragging on his brother real hard, and uh, and then we Uncle see Billy is Uncle in the uh, bank with eight thousand dollars in an envelope that he's going to deposit to the bank, but he has to you know brag about Harry. This I'm like, why not wait until after? Right, and there's a sleight of hand thing that if you're really not paying attention, you kind of don't know where that money went. Yes, until it's revealed. Yes. But uh, he does. He just like slips it into the newspaper and he like, yeah, read that, you know, slaps yeah, it in Potter's. Yeah, because he, he Potter's. took Potter's paper. <laughs> yeah. And he's holding both in the same hand and then he gives it back to Potter. And I'm like, you moron. Right. And and like first time I watched it, I didn't realize that w- that's what would ha- what had happened mm-hmm. until Potter opens up his newspaper and goes, oh, what's this? Huh? Ooh. And so Billy goes up to the teller and the teller's like, did you forget something? <laughs> right. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And he reaches into his inside pockets, outside pockets, goes and looks in the trash can. And this whole time, Potter's already found the money. And he's just looking he's out just his door. It. And he's just like, yeah. oh, what's this? Such an evil SOB. Yeah. yeah, he really is. So we get to the building and loan. And, you know, uh, Harry has called. So Long distance. Long distance. There's and a, they reverse charges. There's a bank examiner there. Yes. So and they reverse charges, so uh they're paying for the call. Yes, and so they're talking to uh, Harry, and then Violet shows up, and so George goes into the office with Violet, and we don't know what's going on there yet, but they're talking to Harry, and then they're like, "Oh, your mom's coming home early. Okay, that's cool, because her mom got to go and see him get his Medal of Honor, so that's real nice. She got to travel. Uh, yeah, (laughs) Uh, his mother and Mary's mother." were in the Red Cross. Yes. Both together, you know, so they they traveled as well. So yes. most of the town traveled. George was stuck. Right. Eh, it's okay, though. Things turn out, right? <laughs> we find out that Violet wants to go to New York, but she has no money. Mm-hmm. Um, so George gives her money out of his own pocket. Yeah. And uh, Which is kind of scandalous. It is. 
but I don't think anything wrong was going on. I think that he just, he loved her. He wanted her to be happy. Yes. And he gave her the money. He says, now, you know, use this wisely. Yes. Don't, don't go crazy. Find yourself yeah. a nice place and, and live. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay, George. She kisses him on the cheek. They open the door. She wipes his cheek. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you could have seen something. Yeah. yeah. You could have seen something else if you were living, not knowing who George is. Exactly. Then Billy comes in. Uh-huh. And uh, they were waiting for Harry to talk to Billy because Billy wanted to talk to him, too. He goes, oh, hey, jo- uh, hey, Harry, yeah, uh, everything's fine. And he hangs up. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> he goes into his office and he tears that office apart. Uh-huh. The whole time, George is talking to the bank examiner going, oh, yeah, everything's on the level. Everything's mm-hmm, cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have nothing to worry about. Oh, uh, Uncle Billy's here. So let me go get him. Opens the door. The place is trashed. And he's like, Uncle Billy, what's going on? He's like, come in, shut the door. Mm-hmm. We don't see the interaction there. But soon after that, George comes out. He goes straight to the vault. Mm-hmm. And he starts, you know, panic mode. Oh, yeah. Um, and then they're retracing steps. Yeah. And when they get to the bank, Potter's watching them. Right. He knows exactly what's going on. Potter calls him at one point, too. I think when he's back at the building in Lone. Yes. And Potter calls him and he says, oh, I, I hear that uh, reporters are coming your way. I mean, nothing crazy is going on, is it? And he's like, oh, no, no, no. Everything's fine. Mm-hmm. He's like, are you sure? Because uh, there's a bank examiner there and uh, I don't know if the books are real or, you know, whatever. Yes. And are then, you cooking the books? Yeah. And then he says that he's going to call the police and have a warrant. Yeah. For him. And this is where George yells at his uncle for like the first time, I think. Yeah, he calls him a stupid, silly old man. Yeah. Um, He probably hits him. I think he does. He grabs him by the coat at least. Shakes him a little bit. Scuffs him, maybe. Did Billy deserve it? Probably not. He he goes, one of us is going to jail. It's not me. Right. And I was like, oh, this this is not good. Yeah. Yeah. $8,000, I think, roughly goes into what... uh, Eighty something thousand dollars, maybe a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, probably. Hundred and twenty thousand dollars. It's a lot of money. So yeah, why, it is a ton of money. Why was Billy ever in charge of this? Probably because he was good at it. I don't understand. This is the only time it's ever happened. That's true. So he's probably a guy that he's probably the accountant of the group. Uh, yeah, but I wouldn't have trusted him enough to remember because he, we've seen he's he not does, good at this. He he's he does things repetitively though. So if he's rep- repeatedly does something, yeah, he's better at it. So this is what he did yeah. for his father. This is what he's yeah. doing now. Yeah, it's just terrible. So George goes home. Yep. One of his daughters is playing piano. Mm-hmm. Um, one of his sons is wandering around with a creepy Santa mask. The other son has one of those masks, too. Yep. But he's decorating the tree with his mother. And they have another kid upstairs, a little girl named Zuzu. And she is sick. Yeah, she came. She has just a minor fever, too. Yeah. I mean, this is helicopter parenting before that even was a thing. She she got a flower at the school and she came home without her jacket zipped up. Yeah. She's got a sniffle. Right. George comes home. He's depressed. He's angry. Yeah. He's a, he's scared. He's scared right now. And uh, everybody's talking to him like, hey, dad. Blah, blah, blah. Well, they like, have no clue what's uh, going on. And one of the little boys has got the mask on. He's like growling at him. Uh-huh. So he's Krampus, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> was, was Santa scary kid? back then? It reminds me of another kid. Oh, in The Godfather, 
where the little boy comes up to Marlon Brando. You yes. know, that one scene, and he's like, ah, you know? Yeah. And I was like, this is terrible. <laughs> so the kid's trying to scare his dad, and he's like, oh, whatever. And he kind of pushes him away a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, he asks the girl to stop playing. She goes, I got to play, man, because we got this party. I got to get this right. Mm-hmm. Mary um, notices he's something's off. Yeah. Um, he wanders into the kitchen. She tells him about Zuzu being upstairs and that she called the doctor. And he's like, oh, we had to pay for a doctor. Yeah. He goes up to visit Zuzu. Oh, and the, the banister, the uh, the, the knob. post. Yeah, yeah. It, it falls off. So he always has to he put that back on. He almost throws it. Yeah, he's mad. <laughs> Which we've seen that in other movies, too, where the newel post. I, I think a National Lampoon one where he takes the chainsaw and he just yes. cuts it off. You know, yeah. Yeah, because it's... This must be a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> so he goes upstairs to Zuzu. Zuzu's sitting there with her flower because that's the reason why she had her coat open. She didn't want to crush her flower. We get it. Mm-hmm. And uh, he goes to grab the flower. A couple petals fall off. She goes, paste them back, daddy. So he takes them and puts them in a little coin pocket in his he, pants. He does slide a hand. And he yeah. acts like he does it. And he's like, oh, we'll put it in this glass of water. Okay, daddy. Um, <laughs> Go to sleep. <laughs> it was a nice It was a nice interaction. And, and it shows that George isn't a total monster at this point. No. But George is unreasonably angry and violent. We've seen him be this way. His entire life. Yeah, he, he lashes out. He's bipolar. Yes, probably. And then uh, he lashes out at the family downstairs. They get scared and they're crying. And Mary does everything except tell him to leave. Mm-hmm. But he leaves anyway because he can catch a, catch a you know, yeah. idea. And he goes to the bar. He, he goes he, to Potter. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He goes, he goes to, to Potter, Potter first. to ask for help. And Potter won't help him. This is where Potter actually calls the cops on him. Yeah. Yeah. And so Potter won't help him. He needs $8,000. He's got his $15,000 life insurance policy, but it's only worth $500. Mm -hmm. He goes, so you want me to take your $500 and give you 15? No, give you eight. Or eight? Yeah. And uh, he's like, yeah, I won't do it. No. Now, I think George is good for this money. Oh, absolutely. But this is... Potter's yeah. chance to strike. And so George goes to Martini's bar. Mm-hmm. And he's drinking. I love this bartender, Nick. Yes. Uh, Nick was played by a guy that he he did acting. He seemed like he was always a bartender. He wasn't I saw him. serious about being an actor. He just acted so he could have uh, Yankees series tickets. Oh, that's funny. I mean, the actor himself. He, that's just what he wanted. He wanted Yankee <laughs> tickets. Everyone has a dream. Yeah. Before, back at the house for just a second, because it, it ties in yeah. here, and that Zuzu's teacher had called. Mm-hmm. To see how Zuzu was. Yes. And, you know, George ended up yelling at her. Yeah. And then Mr. Welsh got on the phone. Was, mm-hmm. And the obvious, I'm going to kick your butt, obviously happened. Yeah, come and kick my butt then. Come and find me. So he He's happens at to bar. watch, you know, yeah, walk in right at... To Mr. Welsh. Yeah. <laughs> Unknowingly. So he sits there. He's at the bar. He's praying. He's crying. Yeah. In fact, he even says, if if you're even real, if you're even up there, mm-hmm. can you please help me? Didn't you hear something interesting about this scene? Um. Yeah. Well, Frank Capra did this in one take. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he regretted doing it in one take. He wanted a close-up of George 
during this. Because so, he really cried during the scene. Yeah. Yeah. So in, instead of doing another take and uh, editing them together, he just blew it up so that it, it would be a close-up of George's face. And that's why it's blurry. And that's why it's a little grainy. Mm-hmm. So somebody calls him Mr. Bailey. He goes, Mr. Ba-, like George Bailey. And then you see Mr. Welsh. Mr. Welsh belts him across the mouth. Um, George doesn't even fight back. He's like, I, I deserve this. Screw it. I, I don't, I don't deserve to live anymore. Martini kicks Welsh out. It's like, he'll never be here again. Yeah. You because, can't, you can't punch my best friend. Yeah, yeah. Because he has so much respect and love for George because yeah. George has helped him out so much in life. Exactly. Like, he wouldn't have had this bar. He wouldn't mm-hmm. have had a home. George, next, leaves. George leaves and he gets in his car and he just drives out to this drawbridge. Hits a tree. And he hits a tree. The guy yells at him for scarring up the oldest tree in all of uh, Bedford, you know, Falls. Bedford Falls. I can never remember the name. I want to call it Bakersfield the whole entire know. time. I don't um, know why. Let's talk about the snow. Okay. So they're in L.A. Mm-hmm. It doesn't snow in L.A. It's hot. It's hot. You can see sweat dripping off his face, but there's snow. Uh-huh. Now, from what I heard back in these days, snow would just be painted cornflakes. Oof. Yeah. Um, the problem Frank Capra had with it was that it was too noisy. Yes. So he invented a snow machine that would that would take this powder or turn this water into a power or something. It was a device that would just blow snow. So it would made real snow. It's not real snow because it doesn't melt. Oh. Ugh. Yeah. So I don't know. Somebody what had it, to clean that up. Someone had cancer after this, <laughs> is what I'm saying. But it won an award. For technical advances in 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 theater, that's amazing. So, that's another interesting fact. Because it really looks like snow. Yeah, it does, and and it's everywhere, man. Like everywhere. And George goes out to this uh, this bridge. And he's just looking at the water. He's thinking about jumping. Yeah, and then suddenly you hear somebody go, "Help!" You see Clarence briefly. Yeah, just smiling and standing there. You know. So yeah. I thought that was kind of cute. And you see him, help! And then he just falls in the water. So George goes in and saves him. Yep. Selfless as ever. Yeah. So Even when he's at his lowest. At his lowest, he still has compassion towards others. I get it. The drawbridge guy comes out and is like mm-hmm. shining a light on him. Not helping. No. <laughs> but they get him out of the water and uh, they're in the office of the drawbridge operator. And that guy's just sitting there chewing tobacco and they got coffee and they're trying to warm up their clothes, maybe this drying them out. This is a comical out. scene. Yeah. Uh, and, and George and Clarence are talking to each other and he's like, oh, I'm an angel. And, and the guy, he's going to spit in the spittoon and he just stops and he leans back up. <laughs> and he's just looking at him. Um, he talks about uh, his clothes being the clothes he his had wife died had in. his yeah. wife had bought him, but he died in him later that day or something, yeah. you know. And he's still reading Tom Sawyer right. and how uh, uh, he's he's excited about the new book he he's writing. It's like mm-hmm. this is really <laughs> not in the right realm of time at all. No, <laughs> um, no, I believe Tom Sawyer was still alive in forties. I do. Tom Not Sawyer. Tom Sawyer, but uh, Mark Twain. I don't know. I don't have my phone. Hey, Google. When did Mark Twain die? Mark Twain died on April 21st, 1910. Would you like to hear more? Never mind. No, not at all. No, he's not alive at all. Mm-mm. Okay. Thanks. So, yeah, Mark Twain died in 19... 
Mark Twain died in 1910. Uh-huh. I have that on good authority. Yeah. Um, so he's not alive. So yeah, Mark Twain isn't writing a book unless he's writing it in heaven. Maybe that's what Clarence was talking I about. I don't think so. I do. I don't. He's writing it right now is what he said. So he knows Mark Twain. I think Clarence was talking about when he was still alive. I disagree with you. You can. It's fine. It's because... Uh, I'm right. Because he's a no, he's aware that he's in 1945, so he would know that Mark Twain well, isn't alive right now. That's true. Okay, that's what I'm trying to say. I I, I concede at this moment. Mark Twain to... is writing a book in heaven. Sure. Did he get his wings? <laughs> he's not an angel. <laughs> we don't know that. Clarence was a human being. <laughs> I don't know how heaven works in this world. <laughs> um. So, so anyway, his name is Clarence Oddbody. This actor reminds me so much of the guy in Scrooged, the homeless guy in Scrooged. Yeah, a little bit. He just looks very similar to Mm -hmm. him. So I always Um, think of him. And he is an angel second class, which makes the spittoon guy go, I'm out of here. You guys are weird. (laughs) And he just leaves. Not a word. George George says the famous, I wish I had never been born line. Uh Uh-huh. And Clarence goes, hey, that's a great idea. Let's do that. And then he's like talking to the ceiling. Yeah, he talks to the ceiling. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. All right. Uh-huh. Let's do this. Yeah. So George can suddenly hear out of his ear. Yes. He's his, dry. His lips isn't ble- lip isn't bleeding. Mm-hmm. Zuzu's petals aren't there. Yeah. He doesn't realize that yet. Though. Not yet. He will. Oh, you also hear the first for the first time every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. That's when they go to the bar. Yeah. Thanks. Things progress here. Yeah, they go they go back to Martinis, but it's actually called Nick's now. And Nick is a real nasty and he, man. And he talks like this. Yeah, it's like, really? Yeah, he gets a real big old Brooklyn accent going on. His car's not there. His car's not He's there. He's not cluing in the tree, for a while. He doesn't think it's true. The tree isn't damaged. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he goes to Nick's. Nick's must be on the outskirts of town because maybe there's like uh, sin laws in town or whatever. Probably. But there aren't in this town. No. <laughs> this town's full of sin. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's now Pottersville. Yeah. But There's in, Bar Bar. In Nick's. Oh, uh-huh. Um, they're ordering drinks. And he keeps calling Nick, and Nick is kind of getting a little annoyed. Because mm-hmm. he doesn't know who this guy is. Yeah. Um, but in walks Gower. Now, Gower is a wino. Yeah, because George wasn't there to stop him from poisoning that little boy. Yeah, so he actually poisoned the boy, and he uh, went to jail for 20 years. When he says, hey, that's Mr. Gower, you can't treat him like that, he goes, oh, if you know him, that means you're a jailbird, you're out of here too. Mm -hmm. So they all get kicked out. Clarence kind of disappears after this. Yeah. As as George runs through town, and it's Pottersville. It looks like Las Vegas Strip, you know? It's just lights, neon lights. You made a comment here, though, about how it was like Back to the Future 2. Yeah, yeah. This is Biff's town now. Uh I mean, what was that town called? Haddonfield? I don't don't remember the name of the town. But anyway, yeah, it was Bar Bar. Strip Club. Strip Club, Bar Bar, uh, Pawn Shop. Yeah. Everything's neon. Yeah. And it just all lit up. looks terrible. Nick makes a joke that he's handing out wings. Yeah, because he just starts doing the cash bell. Fun fact, bells are rang 42 times. So every time you watch this movie, 42 angels gets their wings. Or his wings. Not their wings. Just his wings. <laughs> yeah, so George is cluing in. Pottersville is the equivalent of Biff Tannen's uh, taking over the town. Now he's like, 
where's Mary? Well, first he's like he sees Violet and she's being accosted. Oh yeah, she's getting she's getting put in the paddy wagon. Yeah, she's yeah. being arrested, uh, maybe for a prostitution. Probably. Um, you know, because she is the town pogo stick. Everybody gets a bounce. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Ernie, he gets in the cab with Ernie, and tells him to drive him home. Where's your home? Oh, you know where my home is. It's some blah blah blah. He's like, all right. And he goes, he goes, how's your wife and kids or something like that? He goes, oh, my, my wife left me four years ago and took the kid. Yeah, Who the like, hell are you? Yeah. He's like, Ernie, don't you recognize me? And this is when Ernie. He gets burnt. Er, yeah. Ernie like taps on the card. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey. Yeah. So <laughs> Bert he knows, falls. He knows this address is that abandoned yeah. house. So the house is still abandoned and it is torn down. Ernie says that it's been abandoned for 20 years. That is not true. It's had to have been longer than that. A lot longer because uh, 20 years ago, it was getting rocks thrown at it by George and Mary. So Mm. faux pas, Mr. Frank Capra. (laughs) So so he goes in there. uh, Clarence tells him because you've never been born, George. Yeah. You, you just, hey, you've never been born. Yeah. This isn't your home. You he, don't have kids. He looks for Zuzu's petals. They're gone. He makes a statement. Something about how each man each man's life touches so many. Yeah. You know, and so you don't realize the effect you have on other people. Right. Even if you don't feel like you make a contribution. You know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He even tries to go... See his mother. Yeah, he goes to his mother's boarding home. She's still running a boarding home. She, she answers the door mean. and she is mean and bitter. Yeah. Because both, her, her, both her children died, or one of her children died. Yeah. In yeah. the same thing. I don't think he would have been there with those older kids, though, that day. That's that's another thing. It's like, yeah. Your brother drowned yeah. in the pond. Yeah. So he goes to George Harry's was never grave. Born, you know, yeah. Um, you find out Uncle Billy's been in an insane asylum. Harry went to the grave. Bailey Park is a grave. Uh, it's a graveyard. It's a graveyard. Mm-hmm. Mary's a spinster for no reason. Yeah. Uh, Mary, a beautiful woman like Mary could have gone and. She would have been married to Sam. Yeah. She she was already dating Sam. So, yeah, she would have stayed with, Stan, with Sam mm-hmm. if somebody else hadn't come along. But here she's a librarian and yeah. she's never been married. Yeah. I'm like, this is BS. And, and why then, are all the spinsters have to be librarians? Uh, because that's what they do. All spinsters are librarians. If you're an old virgin lady, you become a librarian. That is the law in America. It just is. False. Okay. <laughs> so George runs back to the bridge. Yes. Um, he's being chased by Bert. Yeah, the, cop, the cop's chasing him now. And uh, he, he says, change it back, change it back, change it back. And then it starts snowing. Mm-hmm. So you know that something's happened. And uh, Bert shows up and he's like, George, George. He goes, uh, back off, Bert, or I'll belt you again. You know? Yeah. He's like, what the heck are you talking about? <laughs> we got to get you back to your house. I thought you were dead or something like that. Everyone's worried about him. Yeah. So they get him back to his house. No, that's not even what happens. He's he like, runs through the town. He, he, t- he, f- he figures out that uh-huh. he's back because he can't hear it in his ear. Yeah. And he's bleeding from the mouth again. Uh-huh. And Zuzu's pedals are there. Yeah. So he runs to so his he car. Looks crazy. Yeah. He, yeah. <laughs> he runs to his car and he's like, yeah, I hit this tree. Yeah. 
And then he runs through town and he's like, yeah, it's Bedford Falls. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Saying all the way through. Merry Christmas, y'all building and loan. Merry <laughs> yeah. Christmas, blah, blah, blah. Merry Christmas, Mr. Potter. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you. You're going to go to jail now. Uh, <laughs> Merry Christmas, you and this and that and old tree and pine cone and hay squirrel in the mm-hmm. air. And Him hay. stopping at Potter was weird. I think he did that because he was just so happy and ecstatic. Yeah. That uh, Potter doesn't run the town anymore. He goes to his home. His wife is there. No. No, his wife's not there. There's there's a reporter, yep. a bank adjuster, and cops. Yeah, yeah, bank examiner. Yes. Yeah. He goes, he goes uh, I have something here for you, George. He goes, yeah, it's a warrant. Isn't that great? <laughs> they just... I'm getting arrested. Like, He's crazy. And then his children appear from upstairs. Yeah. He runs up there. And they're clueless. Them. Yes. They have no idea that their dad is just, he's he's facing 50 years. Or that he almost killed himself. Yeah. So he goes up. He's just thankful that they're there. Because earlier he said, uh, why'd you go and ruin our life with those kids? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he said some hurtful he, things. He was. There's probably therapy after this show. <laughs> His wife shows up. And she's happy. She's like, they're all coming. They're all coming. He's not paying attention mm-hmm. to what she's saying. He's only got one ear, so he's yeah. probably not hearing properly anyway. Yeah. And uh, she goes, you have to come over here. Stand right there. Okay. And, yeah, she clears off the table, you know, and then the townspeople start piling in. Mm-hmm. And if you don't first, choke up at yeah. this, you have no heart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, first is Uncle Billy and some other dude, and they just dump a pile of money on the table. Yes. And then other people start showing up. Yeah, this is where I put down emotional moment number four. Yeah. Uh, by the way, um, Zuzu is a nickname. That's not her real name. It's a nickname that he called her because uh, Zuzu was a brand of ginger snaps back then. Yeah. Uh, the cookie, the ginger type cookie. And so he calls her, her him. He calls her his little ginger snap. Which is adorable. Yeah. And so people are giving money and giving money. And then Annie shows up and she goes, I've been, I've been saving this money for a divorce, but since I'm still single, you can have it, you know? <laughs> She's so sweet. Uh, Violet comes in. She's like, I'm not going to go to New York. And yeah, she, she gives just him throws the money, the money back. And then they get a phone call from somebody working for Sam Rain- Wainwright. It's not even Sam. Yeah. But he says, hey, I heard you're in trouble. Uh, here's $25,000. Yeah, up to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. That's more than what Potter was going to give him Mr. Martini year. brought him uh, his big tip jar. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, he said oh something gosh. funny. Yeah. I couldn't understand it. Yeah. Uh, his Italian accent got a little broad there. Um, <laughs> and then Harry shows up early. Yes. He was supposed to come in the next day. Yeah. And he flew in through a blizzard, they said. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pour on how great Harry is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he, he's there. And then they start seeing all anxiety. I, I guess originally it was going to end with George saying the Lord's Prayer. And they decided not to because it's too religious. And then he, Frank Cabaret was like, oh, that's just silly. Then they were going to sing uh, Ode to Joy. Yeah. But I don't know if those are words that they're singing. I've, I've heard Ode to Joy, but... I don't know what they're saying. Yeah, I had to sing it in choir. There's real words, but it's not happy, 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 you know? No. So, so they sing Old Anxiety. A bell rings. Zuzu's on his hip. He goes, Dad, teacher tells me every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. Mm-hmm. And, and then you see, like, like... Good luck, Clarence. Don't, don't you see uh, 
No, you don't see the 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 celestial anymore. No, but Tom Sawyer's Tom book Sawyer's shows up book on, is the money. on the money, <laughs> and he opens it up, and it says uh, a person with friends, uh, something, something, something. A man who has friends is never a failure. Is yes. the gist of it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he winks up to the sky. Credits, and that's the movie. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think of this movie? You like it? You hate it? I, when I was younger, yeah. I hated it. I hated it too, but only because it seemed overly sappy. But it's not overly it's not. sappy. I think it's a movie that you needed life experiences to appreciate. Yeah. Every year when I get a little older and I'm like, I love this movie. And it's... I know. I watched it. We watched it last night and I was like, why don't I just watch this movie like every couple months? <laughs> I mean, it's just a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's... People talk about how uh, uh, Orson Welles created the modern movie experience mm-hmm. with real acting and things like that. This was done in the 40s when they were still doing, you know, noir type yes. uh, acting. Yeah. And I hated that stuff. And I don't watch that stuff um, because it's all this these fake sounding people saying fake sounding words. Well, now there's some charm to some of that. But mm-hmm. Jimmy Stewart no. is one of those actors that... If he was in the movie, more than likely it was a good movie. Yeah. Like, all of his Hitchcock stuff is pretty damn good. Yeah. Rear Window is one of my favorites. I hadn't seen that movie until you showed it to me, which was shocking. It's great. Because when I saw it, I was like, why have I never seen this movie before? This is so good. Yeah. You know, even, um, um, what's the other one he did? Uh, The one. With the woman. Yes. Vertigo. Vertigo. That was so good. We're going to do Vertigo probably in the next year, mainly because Vertigo is one of the weirdest movies I've ever seen. It was very weird. But not only that, that movie had an ending that was just like, what? Why? What? Mm -hmm. How? What? (laughs) I remember watching that in college and like this other lady and I would just like, we'd sit shoulder to shoulder and just whisper to each other. And uh, at the end, I was like, just... Just jump. And she just started laughing. <laughs> but but anyway, yeah, Jane yeah. Stewart is really good in this. Lionel Barrymore is a character actor. Um, he had been in over 100 movies. Um, he started doing um, a silent film. He invented the boom mic. Really? Yeah. As I said, he is part of the famous Barrymore family mm-hmm. that uh, that has gone decades. Yeah. Ending here with Drew because I don't think there's any other Barrymores that's going to... You know, Take pick up, up the, the slack, which is okay. We we still got the Baldwins. <laughs> anyway, but uh, so no this this is a really good movie, um, and you don't have to be religious to like this movie. Oh heck no, no. The this is more about what kind of character are you? Yeah, and and he said he's not a praying person. He's not a religious person. So he did all this stuff out of the goodness of his own heart. Mm-hmm. And you can still be selfish. Yes. You can still want these other things, mm-hmm. you know, and still be a good person. Yeah. I mean, I grew up and I wanted to I wanted to make a difference somehow in my life. I may have, may not have. I won't know. People come to my funeral probably. Yes, they will. That's neither here nor there. Yeah. That's um, off topic. But... <laughs> Yeah, when I when I originally saw this movie for the first time front to back, I was like, "Huh." So this isn't a sappy movie about a guy that dies 
and comes back to life and he's just happy to be alive. Mm-mm. And I never even saw the, like the, where I would see this movie is in like, I want to say home alone uh-huh. or, or other movies that would show that snippet of hello, y'all building and loan and yes. hello, blah, blah. Him, him being and I'm crazy. like, Oh God, I can't, I couldn't stand that movie. Well, you know, and it, it goes to the public domain era yeah. when it was on all the time, it was broken up by commercials and you, you would not want to finish watching it. No. And it's you a two would get hour lost. Movie. You, you would, you would be there for about two and a half hours trying to watch this movie. Longer than that sometimes, depending yeah. on which station you were watching. Exactly. Definitely they, watch they, it without commercials. They got their can. they got their rights back and uh, sold it to N- NBC, so that's good. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of public domain movies though that you can watch on YouTube mm-hmm. that are still just as good. I mean, oh, yeah, uh, that one, the Agatha Christie one that we did. Yeah. But uh, who was your uh, who was your favorite character? I got mine. Mary. Oh, mine's Ernie. Really? Yeah, Ernie the cabbie. He was just, <laughs> he was a good character. He was there. Uh-huh. He was always there when George needed him. Mm-hmm. And he was an all-around good guy and, and just happy to be alive. So, and of course, I'd say my least favorite character is Uncle Billy and not even Potter. Potter did his thing. The The thing that got me about Potter is there were no consequences and he got $8,000. Yeah, yeah, he kept the $8,000. He never gave it back. Now... There's there's the the veil of well maybe after the movie ended something happened to him but it's doubtful. Yeah. It's extremely doubtful because he's extremely selfish. He's extremely selfish, he's extremely wealthy, wealthy and rich people get what they want. The end. Mm-hmm. The music was pretty okay. I think we heard Buffalo Gals about four times. Yeah. We and it wasn't the, the whole thing usually either. Yeah. We are the we are the Charleston song. I mm-hmm. mean, there was orchestral music. It wasn't overpowering music though. Most of right. the time, it was neat to see Alfalfa in a role that it wasn't was. an R Gang show. Yeah, it was neat to see a young James Stewart, a young uh, Donna Reed. About how old was he in this movie? Because I his could not middle twenties. Was he really yeah. the yeah. At, for reals? Yes. Because I was like, if he's 40 playing, you know. He wasn't 40. Okay. I could not tell. He, he died in in 1991. I think he was oh, 71. Really? Oh, wow. Okay. So. Yeah, I could not tell how old he was. Yeah. Donna Reed was just out of school. Oh, okay. 18, 19, something like that. Clarence was, uh, was in a movie the year prior called The Bells of St. Mary. And when he's running through town, he runs past a theater and they're playing the Bells of St. Mary on it. So that was a good nod to him. That's nice. Yeah, this this movie violated the Hayes Code. Um, the Hayes Code is this antiquated uh, censorship that uh, made it so that people couldn't kiss on the lips. They couldn't say sexual things. They couldn't uh, show blood. Oh, Wow. When there's something about villains as well. Yeah, um, the villain couldn't profit from the vile act that they do. Wow. And Potter clearly does. Uh huh. So this movie did violate the Hayes Code, but it was so good. I think people just didn't care. Yeah. The movie only made half of what uh, Capra put into it. That had to be disappointing. It probably was. Um, they didn't have the what what we see now is you know a lot of themed movies come out during a holiday right 
this didn't happen no this like came that. out in like july or yeah. something like that so, same thing with the christmas story by the way oh really that came out in july that's odd it it's is odd timing but yeah it's it's just like they they just they didn't make their money back mm-hmm. and it was disappointing jimmy jimmy stewart's favorite movie uh that he ever did was uh harvey yes where he has an imaginary rabbit friend is that it yeah weird I've never seen it. They did a remake of it like a couple years ago. Oh, really? And uh, I haven't seen that either. Sounds odd. It is. It's a very odd concept. (laughs) But he says that George Bailey is a favorite character he ever played. The Academy Awards had a vote on uh, the greatest movie that never got an Oscar. Shawshank Redemption got number one. Makes sense. I can't believe that either. But uh, It's a Wonderful Life got number two. Mm Mm-hmm. So people do love this movie. Yeah. And de- deservedly so. This movie, it, it needs to be watched by everybody. Whether you like black and white movies, you don't. It's you in color. color. Yeah. It's in color. Yeah. So. And if if you've never watched a black and white movie in black and white, you should do it. Yeah. It's it's a great experience. Yeah. They, they, set, the, they set things up differently. And if you would have realized how the makeup was on the people. Mm-hmm. You would laugh because they had to use these garish tones to show up on right. black and white film. Right. So, I mean, it's just one it's of my art. favorites. Yeah. And uh, that's that, there's not much more I can say about this movie other than just watch the movie. It's really good. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we have been Happy Fun Time Movie Hour. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook. Happy Fun Time Movie Hour. Don't forget that we also have a Twitter at Funtime Movies One, that is Funtime Movies and the Number One. You can subscribe to us on many platforms, but the ones that I know of that I would use are Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, SoundCloud, and one day Pandora. <laughs> You're really pushing it, huh? Yep. <laughs> one of these waiting. days, Pandora is going to go, oh, yeah. That is the multi-country listening (laughs) podcast in the world. So anyway, that's all I got for today. We've gone a little longer than usual. A little. We had a lot of interesting tidbits. Yeah, this this is a good movie. I mean, there's a lot to this movie. Watching this movie is like reading a book. Yeah. Um, But anyway. But better. Yeah. So anyway, have a good week and uh, go watch a movie.